myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith and Holly Blades. How are you, Holly? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Yes, very good, very good. This is a pre-recorded show, folks. Uh, we are on our way down to Chelsea today, so uh, we've done this on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but uh, let's look back, first of all, Holly, at Thursday night's game. Now, it's a game we didn't get to, um, which is quite a rare event for us. But um, uh, like you, I managed to see the, the highlights of the game and... Um, First of all, I mean, going 1-0 down, uh, Newcastle used to struggle with getting anything out of the game, but we're made of different stuff now. And uh, you and I have, I wouldn't say locked horns, but we've disagreed on Chris Wood. Um, I've said he's been doing rather well. I think he's been an integral part of the team. Great to see him finally get his goal on Thursday night. Yeah, it was brilliant to see Chris Wood score. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, when I saw us concede a goal, I thought, we're still, we're still in this game, we've still got a chance of winning. And I think normally you'd just be like, right, that's the game done. But, you know, there's fighting in this team, and I think that's what everyone can see. And within due course, Chris Wood did get that equaliser. It was a very good goal, by the way, ahead of, um, You know, he did very well to take it, calm on the ball. And then, obviously, the follow-up goal from Bruno, um, I think that's got to be, be uh, one of the best goals in Newcastle's history. It was fantastic, that back heel. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the last couple of weeks, everybody and, you know, the ant has been on Twitter, on, you know, social media, on different podcasts, on our podcast, crying out for Bruno to get a game. Uh, Eddie Howe has, has handled this in a in an Eddie Howe way with decorum, um, you know, with you know, with with common sense. And the injury to Joe Linton prior to the game led to that opportunity for Bruno to to take his place and in the starting lineup. And he just didn't let us down. And 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 it's difficult when you're not at the game. But I can speak from the games that we've seen in previous. He's he's just oozes class. Uh, and as you say, that goal that he scored, it was sublime, wasn't it? It was just a, a finish. And I've literally watched that goal probably more than any other goal this season because there's so many different angles of it. There's, you know, it, it's just it's just a great goal. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen a better goal on on a on a starting debut. No, definitely. And I think it could be well in with the chance for goal of the season. It was that good. I think it just proved why he's a Brazilian international. You know, he has got that flair. Um, but certainly, I know everyone's wanting to see him play for like ages, ever since we first signed him. And when he started today, I think he definitely proves that he should be getting some more game time at the club this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, you know, he is Brazilian and he's got, um, you know, a feel that he's like a, a next stage player, hasn't he? I mean, I didn't believe that we would sign a a player of his quality in in you know the January transfer window, but he, he you know he just seems like a level above everybody, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, and I think that's the exciting prospect. Obviously, you've got players there that are for the here and now to get us out of a relegation battle, help us start to stabilise ourselves within the league, because obviously we have been promoted from the Championship for quite a few years now, but we've still been in the relegation battle most seasons, so you want us to be stable and kind of, you know, probably 12th to 8th place before we start pushing on. But players like Bruno coming in, I think they are the players that will take us to the next level, take us to the top. Now, the Southampton manager obviously made his mouth go in January when Newcastle's game was called off uh, for COVID and he wasn't very happy. Um, how much satisfaction did he get from beating Southampton and watching his miserable face after the game? 
No, quite a lot. I think every Newcastle fan did. Um, going into the game, I was quite confident. I, I couldn't really see us losing the game, if I was being honest. I know Southampton have done well this season, but um, I just think we're really, really on a good run of form and I can't see um, many teams being able to stop us at this current moment. So when we went into the game and then obviously Chris Wood scored that goal, I think you could already see the uh, look on the manager's face and obviously he made his mouth go about um, the fact that he didn't want the new signings to play because it was basically a different team. And the fact that it was both new signings that scored just made it even more perfect. I think it certainly wouldn't have made him very happy. But um, And then when he got questioned about it after the game, you know, he's just trying to brush it off. And I think it was brilliant just the way it happened. And even the tweets on the club's social media account, you know, seeing two of our new signings playing a key part in the game. It was brilliant. Yeah, I've got to be honest. It was, it was just, it was just satisfying watching them squirm afterwards. And um, you know, he, he did just make such a big point about it. And uh, yeah, look, fantastic. And and you talk about the signings, Holly. Just getting away from the game on on Thursday now. You talk about the signings. Um, who who's impressed you the most that that's come in? It's still got to be Kieran Trippier for me. I know he obviously hasn't played for the past few games because he's been injured, but before that, I've never seen a player make such a, a big impact in the team. And I still believe that he is making an impact. Of course, he's not actually on the pitch, but I think within the dressing room, and you see him obviously in the stands supporting the team, I think that's got to be having an effect. And he's just so invested in this team, getting the results. He really, really wants to push the lads on to get us well away from that relegation zone. So I think... Um, on the ball, Kieran Trippier has been amazing and also just as that character off the pitch, he's been fantastic. Obviously, the news came out this week that um, Newcastle have, have, you know, have negotiated a £15 million fee for Target, um, you know, should Newcastle want to sign him at the end of the season. Great bit of business as well. Oh, 100%. He's definitely worth that £15 million. I'd pay that any day. Yeah, I mean, he's been a, you know, he's been a surprise package to me because I didn't really know, uh, you know, a great deal about him. I mean, you know, you focus on your own players, um, of course, but I didn't really know too, you know, too much about Target. But I, he just got that feel as well that at some point in time, he's just going to score an absolute raker from about 30 yards. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see that. Um, but I think the thing is with him, he just really, really gets stuck into games. You know, he's not afraid of any challenge, any tackle, and he'll give his all within a game. And that's all that we want. So target for me, um, he's came into the side, looks like he's never not been there. And I think, you know, you can't ask more than that from a player. No, you you definitely can't. Um, I think as well that the new signings that have come in have galvanised some of the other players. And I mean... Shelby came out after the Brighton game last weekend and he apologised for his performance, which I felt was really weird because obviously Newcastle had won the game. I, I, I can't remember anyone coming out and apologising for a performance after a win. No, I can't either. Um, but I think especially coming from Shelby, because obviously there's been questions about the type of attitude that he has um, in the past. But I think certainly this season he's uh, stepped up to the mark. Well, not necessarily this season, but since Eddie Howe came in, I think he's been a new player um, and his attitude is brilliant, you know. And I think that does show just the whole change in the demeanour of the players, everything, because, um, you know, previously we'd be just so grateful to get the points on the board. We wouldn't care about anything. But Shelby's going out and going, actually, no, I want to do better. And that's the consistent attitude from everyone. Eddie Howe, the coaches, the players, they all want to do better, even when we're already doing well. Yeah, Eddie Howe, of course, won Manager of the Month uh, this month. Is that the most deserved uh, Manager of the Month awards in recent history? 
It's got to be. I'm delighted for Eddie Howe. You know, he definitely deserved it. I don't think there was anyone else that even came close to Eddie Howe because we were like rock bottom pretty much. I think we were like 18th, 19th in the league, just looked like we were going nowhere. And then we've just gained an incredible amount of points. I think we're second in the league form table, um, which just shows you how much we've improved. And he's just completely turned this team around. And what other manager could do that? I don't think many. No, definitely not. And I mean, um, you know, he's he's just come in with his own mindset. And it didn't seem as if it was going to be like that, Holly, did it? Because, I mean, you know, f before we started this run, you know, there wasn't an immediate bounce. I said this with Mick Lowe's on the show yesterday. There wasn't an immediate bounce when a new manager comes in, you get a couple of wins and, you know, you can see there's a different formation. Players that players that aren't playing well suddenly look as if they're, they're world beaters and, you know, some players who we are favourites aren't getting the game. But there wasn't any of that with Eddie Howe and he just seems to have taken his time. And the photograph of him with all of the staff, you know, with Jason Tindall, with, you know, Graham Jones, with the rest of the backroom staff, I think that says a lot about him as a person. Yeah, you're right. It definitely does. Um, because obviously he feels as that um, that award isn't just for him. It's for all of his coaching staff because they've all played their part. And I hate to mention his name, but you look back to the previous manager and Steve Bruce and he won a manager of the month award at some stage and he was just on his own um, posing for that photo. So again, it just shows that there's more of a kind of group um, effort. Everyone's coming together. Everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet. And that's great to see, you know, because I think that does have an impact within games. But as well, Eddie Howe, you did see, didn't have that instant new manager bounce and he didn't but in some ways I think it's better the way it's worked out because often they'll have that bounce and then drop off whereas obviously we're having a better end to the season so it's more likely that we'll stay up that way um so I'm not complaining at all and I think as well um with Eddie Howe is like I always felt like he was being handed a very poor squad and I think everyone would agree on that and I always thought that the January transfer window would be a vital part of the season if we recruited well in January I think that was um you know or safe or close to being safe but if we didn't manage to get people through the door then I think you know we couldn't have stayed up and I think that's proved the right thing because obviously every single new player we've signed has made a big impact and Eddie Howe has managed to work with these players and get us up the league yeah, you're right. I, th I think what really stands out for me is that, you know, despite the injury list, whenever anybody comes into the team, they pick up where the other person's left off. So, you know, Kraft came into the team. A lot of people felt, you know, there should have been Manquillo. It hasn't been Manquillo. Kraft's there and he's doing a good job, you know. And likewise, Joe Linton drops out. Bruno comes in does a good job, knows his job, knows his role, does what he's supposed to do. There's, It's because people know what their jobs are and they know the, they know the formation, that they're being trained and drilled. I think the interview that I saw with Eddie Howe on Newcastle United's official uh, website, um, he was stipulating praise towards the guys who work on the free kicks and the set pieces because we're starting to score goals from them, which in the past we never used to. Yeah, we didn't. Um, and again, I think that just comes down to the fact that the new coaching staff has made a big impact because obviously, um, as well, the fact that we weren't in training five days a week, I think that um, didn't help us whatsoever. So they didn't really have the chance to work on these things. But obviously, the new coaching staffs came in and um, were in training a lot more. You can tell. And that's one thing you could tell from the offset, the fact that the fitness levels improved. But now, obviously, they're bringing in new methods of coaching and working on set pieces. And it is proven you know, successful because they're doing that those things on the pitch and getting results off the back of it.
yeah, that's that's the key, really. It's um, you know, practice makes perfect, and um, no ASM uh, on Thursday, and uh, we believe that there's no ASM today um, against Chelsea. Um, it was his birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to ASM. What what's your what's your views on that? Because we've talked about it on the show before, Holly. Um, he is a maverick. He is somebody who, um, you know, I wouldn't say that he is a team player. It, it, it tends to be all about ASM. He's got a very high profile, you know, public social media. Kieran Trippier talked about him on the True Jory, uh, the, the True Jory interview, and, and and essentially said it's something that he's having to learn learn about. You know, maybe he's, you know, just being that little less selfish. You know, and and. Those weren't Trippier's exact words, but you know what I mean. He was trying to say that he's learning to be more of a team player. It's probably the best way to describe it. So, you know, is there a feeling that, you know, ASM is is, is possibly on his way out, do you think? For me, no. Um, I don't think that would ever be something that would be on the cards. I know a few fans have said it here and there, but I just think that's not well thought through enough because ultimately, Alan St. Maximin, um, I understand the frustrations. He frustrates everyone in games at times. You know, there's times where you think pass the ball and he doesn't. He takes on like three, four defenders, loses it. And it is so, so frustrating. But ultimately, he's one of the most talented players at the club. And I think he's not a finished product yet. And I think he's got a long way to go and he could become world class. I mean, we saw a couple of games ago, um, he was just running up the pitch. And if there was someone that matched his speed and could get up the pitch quick enough into the box, he could have scored a goal easily but he's so much quicker than the rest of the squad so it's very difficult for him to actually have that end product and um, bring a couple of players in to work alongside him and I think he does become you know one of the greats in the Newcastle United history books I understand obviously people are saying well that's going to take time it's not for the the here and now but we've got that time you know maybe he does spend a while on the bench while we're just getting through this kind of um horrible period going through relegation and stuff and then comes into the side and plays a part next season or even towards the back end of next season but I think he has got a part to play in this Newcastle side and to get rid of him for me would be a travesty you need people to get you out of your seat don't you and I mean ASM does do that you know when you when you're a when you're a supporter you're sitting at the game and you know someone gets the ball you go oh but there's a lot of you know there is a lot of disappointment with it as well I mean I know a lot of fans loved Ben Arthur um, but I don't have him anywhere near my dream team. You know, Ben Arthur was a, a very similar, you know, somebody who promised a lot but delivered very little, apart from that odd spectacular goal. Um, you know, you couldn't compare him to maybe Lauren Robert or um, David Ginola, for example. You know, those those two players were standout, standout uh, players from, from that country. So, yeah, I, I just feel I just feel that if we're going to go to the next level, that... You know, if he's not going to improve or change his game, which I think it'll be difficult to do, I do feel that he may be surplus to requirements. I don't know. I don't buy into what you know what is being alluded to by a lot of people that you know there's problems behind the scenes and he's doing this and he's doing that and you know how he's having to make these you know make these decisions because if that was the case, I don't think he would be involved at all. So I just think maybe he's you know he is picking up injuries, he is picking up an illness. You know, I, I prefer to think of it that way, but we'll wait and see. Um, the summer is going to be exciting. It, 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 it is going to be an exciting time. You were very, you know, realistic. It has to be said before this run, you know, you and I stood at Wolves 
and we both turned to each other and you, you know you were you were ahead of me really saying that we're going to get relegated and I, and I I agreed with you that Wolves game after watching that you know capitulation down there Steve Bruce standing on the sidelines looking absolutely devoid of all ideas all of us soaked to the skin people fighting and arguing behind us uh, fans disagreeing and you know I just I just accepted we were going to go down but now this run and you know the new manager the new players and, and now this run uh, that we've got ourselves on we've gone from seven points adrift to 10 points clear of the relegation battle over that nine game period are you convinced now that we're we're staying up oh 100 i don't think there's even a chance that we could go down now um obviously you'd be worrying if we didn't pick up any more points this season but i don't think that's ever going to happen you know i'm quite confident going into that chelsea game which will be today obviously when the podcast goes out um i think we could get at least a point from that and i can't see this run coming to an end anytime soon of course we're not going to not lose a game for the rest of the season there will come a time and a place but um for me i think honestly we could probably finish about 12th in the league which would be um you know pretty much unrealistic if you look back at the end of the season and you saw where we were if you said oh we're going to finish 12th that would feel like an absolute dream and just going back to the um asm point quickly i think why a lot of fans' attitudes changed on him is because obviously um last season and the season before that he everyone loved him because we were so reliant on him you know every time we got the ball no one had a chance in front of goal so we're just going right get the ball to ESM and hope he does something because we literally had no confidence there was no game plan there but now that the team's more organized and Eddie Howe's worked with the side all the players have improved across the pitch so therefore it's making ESM not as much of a key player and you know other people are looking better so it's maybe making him look poorer that's all I'd say about ESM yeah, I, I mean, you've mentioned Chelsea there. That's been in the news um, over the last 48 hours. Um, Abramovich, of course, sanctioned now, uh, puts Chelsea in a hell of a position. Um, you know, can you really see, uh, you know, Newcastle managing to, you know, to eclipse Chelsea and maybe take their place in the top six? Not this season. No, not this season, but next oh. season next season no not next season i think that's too soon i think we'll push into the top half next season but not the kind of europa league champions league places um within probably three seasons yeah why not and i think chelsea is going to suffer because of this which um you could argue is unfortunate if you were a chelsea fan obviously you completely understand the reasons why they've done that but um you know i could imagine it would be frustrating as a chelsea fan but yeah you know they are going to suffer because of this and, and what extent that'll go to nobody knows it just depends obviously if abramovich manages to sell the club or not yeah it's a strange it's strange scenario for anyone to be and it's uncharted territory and you know that's that that that's the something you look at now and you think wow you know could could that happen to any club over the years if there's if there's a problem with a particular owner you know but you know we'll find out what the situation is in due course uh with chelsea the um the atmosphere once again at St James's for the Brighton match was fantastic, and and war flags we mentioned them before, Holly. But what what a great display that was last week. Oh, definitely. I mean, war flags are a credit to the fan base. They do amazing work. You know, plan flag displays every week, and every week they just get better and better. I think. Um, obviously, it was so disappointing when they walked away when Rafa left, and then obviously coming back, I think they've been better than ever. And now it's not just the Gallagher. You know, they've got the Leases involved, the East Stand, the Milburn could potentially get involved, and it just looks brilliant. And I think it's a shame that that Brighton game wasn't televised because if that was televised, it would look great on the TV cameras. 
Yeah, fantastic stuff. And I mean, it, it's great to see that there's other supporters from other clubs who are who are asking Newcastle for advice on on how to do these kind of displays. I think Everton's one of them. Yeah, it is. You know, Newcastle fans leading the way. You love to see that. No, it is. It, it, it is fantastic. And, um, you know, long may it continue. Um, getting back to the, the, the game on Thursday night. And obviously, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about Bruno. Um, if Joe Linton is fit today against Chelsea, um, would you bring Joe Linton back in and drop Bruno back to the bench? Or would you try to work it so that they both play? Um, if they could both play, then I think that would be the dream option. If not, I'd probably keep Bruno in the team because I do feel bad for Joe Linton because I think, for me, he's probably our player of the season. I think he's been brilliant. But obviously, that's the way football is. When you get an injury and you end up out of the team, someone else come in and, and does well, then you can't just be like, right, well, this player's back now, so we're going to put you back on the bench. Because I think, you know, you couldn't have asked more from Bruno in that game. He did everything you'd want a player to do in a game. Scored a goal, brilliant goal. Um, just had some brilliant play in the middle of the park as well. Uh, you know, so I think, obviously, for me, I'd have to keep him in. And then if there is a reason why he needs to be dropped, and then bring Joel Linton in. But if you could get them both on the pitch together, I think that would be the best scenario. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly would. I mean, I'd love to see the two of them play together at some point, but of course that would be, you know, that would be unfair on Shelby. Um, you know, Shelby's clearly, you know, raised his game since, you know, since the the, you know, the start of this nine-game run, and and he certainly gives a, you know, he gives a captain's performance time and time again at this moment in time. I did feel he got a bit overrun against Brighton, and I mean, he came out and admitted it wasn't his best game. I just. I just felt that the man marked him out of that particular game, Holly, and I think that was why. But, um, but yeah, again, Southampton, again, he was very critical of his own performance. Um, but, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how things how things develop. Um, with, with Chris Wood as well, you know, you, you want to see Chris Wood alongside, you know, alongside Callum Wilson at some point, don't you, before the end of the season to see, see how those two gel. Oh, definitely, um, because... You know, undoubtedly, Chris Woods had a hard job being kind of on his own up top, expected to just score goals when he's never really been that type of player. So to have that sort of support from Callum Wilson, I think will make a big impact and could potentially get him a few more goals towards the end of the season. So that's got to be, you know, a possibility at some stage. Mick Lewis on yesterday's show um, suggested, you know, that Eddie Howe could, you know, could be here for, for a short term rather than long term. We know he's only signed a couple of years on, on a contract. Um, you know, do you think the owners would keep Eddie Howe? Do you think they're happy with, with with what he's doing, or do you think they would do what Man City did, which is Mark Hughes came in, he took control of the club. Um, he, you know, he was allowed to bring in Rubinho. He he was at those first stages at Man City, and then you know the Man City fans woke up one morning, he was gone, and you know they, they replaced him. And and you know obviously they went on to you know to do bigger and better things. But do you think that Eddie Howe is is like a first stage manager, or do you think they're looking at him long term? In my opinion, I think they signed him just for this first stage, like bringing stability to the football club. However, I think a lot of people's been pleasantly surprised by Eddie Howe, and I think he's still quite a young manager. Um, he's got a long way to go in the game. And I think if he continues to be as good as he is now, obviously at that higher level when he gets the extra players that we need to push on, um, then I think there's no reason why the owners wouldn't keep him on. Because, look, if he gets us into Europe and does well, 
why would you then just sack him and bring a more high-profile manager in? Because Eddie Howe could become a high-profile manager. So I think they certainly wouldn't just sack him without reason. Obviously, if he took us to a point and then he was unable to take us any further, then, you know, the owners would be like, well, obviously, we appreciate what you've done, but we're going to have to move on because we don't want to just stick in this place. But I think if he proves that he's good enough, he will get that chance. We're only five months into the the new owners' um, ownership of Newcastle United. What has impressed you the most about their, their, you know, their job so far? I think probably um, kind of showing the same attitude towards the football club and the games as the fans. Like you see them obviously celebrating on TV, you see them engaging on social media and they're just so invested in the team, you know, like they just really, really want us to win. And I know that might sound like quite a small trivial thing because obviously they've done other brilliant things, you know, like signing these brilliant players, bringing in this manager, which was a good recruitment. You know, they have done lots of good things, but I think... Because for so long, we were just kind of left with this owner that really didn't care about the club whatsoever. It was just like a way of making money. You could tell he's got no interest other than how much his revenue um, is at the end of the month. But these owners, you know, they're sitting there and they're really just like fans. You know, they really are. And they're just so behind the team, so happy when we win. And I just think that's just fantastic to see as a football fan. You want people there that you feel have the best interest in, of the club and they're showing that. And what would you say their priority should be moving into the into the new season? I've seen a lot of stuff again this week about people saying we need to increase the ground, we need to, you know, we need new training facilities. Uh, some people saying it needs to be, you know, the money needs to be spent on new players. What what would you say, you know, as in your opinion, what 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 priorities for Newcastle owners in the summer? The number one priority for me has to be bringing in more players, I think, because obviously um, this squad's done well, but you want to do even better next season. And there's no reason why we can't if we do bring in those players that we need. So that has to be the priority for me. I think in terms of it, um, expansion to St James's Park, I think that can wait a few years. I don't think that's high on the priority list. I know a lot of fans want to get in the ground and they can't, but I just think there's bigger uh, things to be done right now. You know, I'd rather see the club progressing within the league rather than, you know, just getting more fans into the ground and stuff. And a training ground has to be another close priority. But again, I think the new players just uh, pick that for me. Obviously, loyalty points are something which has been discussed quite heavily as well on social media. And the loyalty point system at Newcastle, of course, you know, you get one point for buying a ticket to go to an away game. Um, you don't get one for a home cup tie, which I've always been rather surprised at. I always feel that the people who go to the League Cup games, the FA Cup games, Europa League, when we were in that, you know, should have been given a point for that because it is likely those games didn't sell out, you know, very often, um, especially in the Ashley regime and in, over that 14 year period. You know, we had 30,000 crowds for some games. So, you know, ultimately those people were showing a degree of loyalty and should have, should have at least received something. The problem we have now is with Newcastle United, um, you know, on a nine game uh, undefeated run and, um, you know, Newcastle playing well, you know, the, the Premier League uh, safety all but secured and that, you know, the promise of bringing in, you know, marquee signings in the summer and, you know, the future looking bright and rosy and, and you know, everyone's excited. Um, the problem with that is that people are coming back um, in, in, into the fold. People are wanting to go to away games who probably didn't go for the last few years. And suddenly uh, those away tickets, which were, which were, you know, easily obtainable for people, um, are now like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Um, 
you're in that boat um from your perspective you're and through no fault of your own because you, you're you're as you're as loyal as uh, the next newcastle fan you you love to go to the away games you know we've, we've gone together with your dad uh this season um but you find yourself in a position where you, you're frozen out and having to rely on other people and with no way really of of gaining a loyalty point um you know, through your loyalty, because you are still going to the games. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're using your weekends, choosing to, to use your weekends to go up and down the country supporting Newcastle United. But there's no way of getting a loyalty point for that. So, you know, what what's your thoughts on it? Do you think it's a fair system? Do you think that there should be a review? Do you think it wouldn't be fair on the people who've got loyalty points? Uh, and you know, if if they changed it, what what's your view on it? Because it's quite a quite a, an awkward subject at the moment amongst our fans. I wouldn't change the point system at all. I know some people are getting annoyed because um, they're saying, oh, well, this person isn't going, but they're buying tickets for someone else who's never went. And there's no way of policing that, though. That might be annoying. That might be the case, but it is what it is. And for me, um, look, I do have loyalty points. Some games have sold out on 140, which I clearly don't have those numbers because of my age. Otherwise, you know, I probably would have. I went throughout, you know, all of the Ashley era. I never kind of walked away from the club or anything. But I just accept that because ultimately for me, um, if there is someone that's older, say, you know, 40, 50, 60, whatever age they are, and they've got hundreds and hundreds of points, they deserve a ticket ahead of me um, because, you know, I want to go to the games. It's not my fault. But if they've spent years and years going to every game, why on earth should they not get a ticket for the match? They should. You know, the people with the most points should get the tickets and that's just the way it should be for me. Um, it is going to annoy people because they might not ever get a chance to get a ticket. But I think you've just got to accept it because it'd be so unfair if someone has like, say, 350 loyalty points, turn around that person and go, oh, well, we're going to do like some sort of other system. So only a certain percentage of the fans are going to get them based on loyalty points. Then we're going to put the others to... I don't know, like a, a raffle sort of thing or something. It just would be nonsense. So I think the people with the points deserve the tickets. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, a lot of those fans are, you know, that, that earned those points under those dark days of Ashley, and um, you know, it, it would be very hard for them to change it. It's uh, again, it's something I'm sure the owners will address at some point. Uh, but there are more pressing and important things to to discuss. I think uh, with you know with the owners uh, before it gets to that. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it should be changed. I mean, I haven't got massive amounts of points myself, but I'm you know I'm I'm you know hedging towards 120 now. Um, I went a lot when I was younger, as people know. Prior to the loyalty, uh, you know, prior to the loyalty points. But then when the loyalty points came in, I've I've accrued quite a few. Uh, but then. You know, over the years when my kids were young, I didn't go to the away games. I went to home games, so I've, I've missed out on a on a lot over those years. But I'm still in that bracket where you know, nine times out of ten, I do manage to obtain a ticket from from the club when they go on sale. So I count myself lucky. Of course, I would like them to stay like that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always going to be somebody unhappy. Um, that's 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 the difficulty of it. Okay, we've got two games coming up this week before Holly is back on the show. Uh, so first of all, we'll look at today's game against Chelsea, which is of course a two o'clock kickoff at Stamford Bridge, live on Sky Sports. Three thousand tickets have been sold for the away end. There is some safe standing at Stamford Bridge these days, and uh, not all of it is safe standing. Part of it is now designated, so. Uh, that should be interesting for us today. Uh, it's not a happy hunting ground, Stamford Bridge. Newcastle haven't won there in the Premier League since Papi Sissi scored two goals in May 2012. Um, since then, we've lost all eight of our Premier League visits to Stamford Bridge. Uh, nine, if you include the FA Cup. 
Uh, Eddie Howe does have a better personal record at Stamford Bridge. He guided Bournemouth side to no less than three Premier League victories in five visits. 1-0, 3-0 and 1-0. So there's a little bit of hope there. Uh, as for Newcastle United, Callum Wilson, Kieran Trippier are both out. Alan St. Maximin isn't expected to take any part in the game either. Or Joel Linton. Uh, there was a doubt over Fabian Shaw, but he is expected to play. Uh, as for Chelsea, well, as we've already mentioned, they have got lots of problems going on off the pitch with Roman Abramovich's money being, uh, you know, basically taken away, and uh, the football club is in the process of being sold. Uh, they have got big, big issues, and anybody who says that doesn't affect the football team, uh, I beg to differ. Rhys James remains out. Uh, Christian Pulisic and Aspaleta are rated as doubtful starters. Uh, at Stamford Bridge this season, Chelsea have won six, drawn five and lost just once. And that was a 1-0 defeat at the hands of Manchester City, which was last September. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's side are unbeaten in 12 Premier League and Cup games uh, since that single goal loss at Manchester City in January. Uh, if you are getting the train, well, you should be on it now. Um, and uh, yes, just to hope there's no disruption there or back safe travels to all Newcastle United fans. Uh, the Tube, well, there's some closures on the District and Piccadilly lines this weekend, but no further announcement of any strikes. But do check the TFL updates on their website. Uh, if you want to make sure that everything is running according to plan. The referee is David Coote. He took charge of our games against Aston Villa and at Brighton uh, this season. VAR is John Brooks. And as I've already mentioned, the game is live. Two o'clock kickoff on Sky Sports. So, Holly, how do you see today's game going? Um, I think Newcastle will get a result. My prediction would be 1-1. Um, I think that would be a brilliant result. You know, A win would probably be a bit too ambitious, so I will go for a draw, but I think there's no reason why we can't. I think we're in the form of our lives. Obviously, Chelsea is doing well in the league and they've had a little bit of a bounce as of late, but um, you know they have got big problems there and how that will impact them, I really don't know, but I think it could potentially cause disruptions. Obviously, as well, it's going to be a bit bizarre because Newcastle are going to be the last team to visit Stamford Bridge and have fans there. Um, so I think that again, it'll, it'll add a bit of a weird kind of vibe to the game because they'll know that it'll be the last time they're playing in front of away fans. So, um, yeah, I can see us getting something out of the game. I don't think Chelsea will go on and beat us 3-0, which I've seen a few people say that like Chelsea's amazing. But I think people are underestimating how good we are because we have played phenomenally, really, for the past kind of 10 games. Yeah, we have. What? What? You know, looking at looking at the team. Oh, I've lost you there, Holly. Don't know where you've gone. Could be the internet. Just bear with us, folks. I will uh, do the ads while Holly comes back. Uh, big thank you to Spider VPN uh, for all your internet security. Google Spider VPN. Uh, they are the boys to trust. They come up at the top of the search list. Big thanks to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go. Waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors. 01913 and to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks also to Arcot Interiors. You can find them on Heaton Road. They will uh, help you out with all your kitchen necessities. Google Arcot Interiors. 
they are the boys to trust on that score. And qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. Uh, and also the guys who make our website and run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to Kleekai. Uh, meet the new game over screen, dropping to a Clee Run device near you. Uh, and you can find them on Apple Store, Google Play and Cleerun.game. Thanks also to Jab Signature and to Media Arts for all of our video work. Thanks uh, to everyone in the chat and all the moderators as well. Uh, you can also subscribe to the channel at Newcastle Legends. And uh, if you hit the uh, Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, you can subscribe for free. We still do seven shows a week. And uh, John from QTech has knocked up some car stickers. So every subscriber, uh, not just from now, but if you've been a subscriber in the past, uh, if you email or contact John at nufcmatters.com, uh, you will get your free car sticker delivered this week. Uh, but please hit the subscription button. It is very important, as is hitting the thumb under the video. If you hit the thumb, it gives us uh, a boost. Uh, so get the thumb underneath. That is free. And also drop into the comments to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. Uh, usually goes up 24 hours after the show on YouTube. And if you want to become a cult member, then hover your phone over the QR code, takes you straight to the website. You can become a member of the cult. It costs £25. It's a one-off fee, and you enter into the monthly draw. We give away some fantastic prizes on this channel. Uh, you also get a cup, a pen, and a membership card, and a scarf for your money. Don't forget as well, please donate to the food bank, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. That is the website to go to for the match day virtual bucket. You can make a donation into there at any time, 365 days of the year. Got an event coming up on the 9th of April. Uh, tickets for £10 from NewcastleLegends.com. We will be making uh, money for the Ukraine crisis at that event. Supermac Gibbo and myself and Holly uh, will be at the Marlborough Social Club on the 9th of April at 12 o'clock. Don't forget as well, our end of season due is the 17th of June. Tickets for that are available on Woucher and on Groupon. Round about the seven and a half, eight quid mark. And they are uh, selling quite quickly, so don't miss out on that. We've got Viva Morrissey, a tribute act on on that day. Uh, the latest Food Bank t-shirt, which is pinned at the top of my uh, Twitter profile, um, is uh, Eddie Howe and Ralph on his knees uh, with dry your eyes, mate, lyrics underneath. Um, and that is uh, open for bidding. Get yourself onto my Twitter account, please, and uh, make a bid. All proceeds go to the food bank. And uh, we have got another two VIP tickets for the 260 dinner up for raffle. Uh, the raffle is £5 a ticket, 99 tickets available from nufcmatters.com. If you want to be at the event of the year, uh, then enter the raffle today. £5 a ticket, nufcmatters.com. 99 tickets available. We will draw that on the three amigos on Friday. And if you want to come along to the event, you're not bothered about entering the raffle, 260dinner.co.uk is the website to visit an evening uh, to pay our tributes and thanks to the living legend that is Alan Shearer. Okay, Holly, before I lost you there, um, we were just going to get your prediction uh, for the Chelsea game. So what's your prediction? Yeah, I went for a 1-1. Um, you know, Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so uh, we've also got another game, as I said before, Holly is back on the, uh, back on your screens uh, and in your living room, and it's Everton away, another rearranged fixture, um, and this is a 7.45 kickoff, uh, the postponed date in December, of course, 
there is live TV coverage, and that will be on Amazon Prime. So uh, if you don't have Amazon Prime, there is a 30-day free trial available. Uh, if you click uh, nufc.com, uh, the link is there. 3,000 away tickets were sold for that game too. Me and Holly will be going down there. Watch out for the singing. Uh, we will be putting that out on YouTube, I'm sure. And uh, after the 3-1 uh, win over Frank Lampard's side at St. James's Park in February, this gives us an opportunity uh, to record a Premier League win double. Of course, we won't have the team news for this until we know what's happened over the over the course of uh, today's game against Chelsea. And uh, obviously, the same for Everton. The referee has been announced, though, and that is Craig Pawson, which is game number three of the season uh, covering Newcastle. Uh, he was the whistler for the 1-1 home draw with Manchester United and the 1-0 home win over Aston Villa. VAR is Stuart Atwell. So, Holly, uh, a trip to Everton to see the Scouse Mackhams. Um, what's your take on that one? How do you see that going? Uh, win for Newcastle again. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. Um, just love to see Jordan Pickford crying again, if I'm being honest. So, anything I care about. Uh, but, yeah, I think we'll play well. Look, I think Everton... Will probably put a shift in, you know. I can imagine they will want to get revenge for that kind of defeat at St James's Park, but I just think we'll, we'll have the edge over them when it comes to it. And Everton are struggling massively still in, in that relegation kind of battle, not looking good for them whatsoever. No, definitely not. Okay, just before we finish, uh, we have. Okay, Rate War Plate, um, and it is sent in this week by Gerard Killing, um, Borrowed Cargo 2 on Twitter. He says, how about tripe and onion, Steve? Now, there's a challenge. Never had tripe. What's your thoughts, Holly, looking at it? Um, well, I mean, obviously I know what it is, but it might, it might taste better than it looks. You know, it, it doesn't look very nice, but who knows? I mean, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of onion, to be fair. But <laughs> um, I've got to be honest, um, I really <laughs> don't fancy that. But this is supposed to be a challenge, and I think it's a bit more challenging than what we've had in the past, Holly. Um, I'm going to vote yes. Okay, I'll vote yes. Right, okay, there we go. So, tripe and onions, write that down on your list. Thank you, Gerard, for that. I think um, I think we better have that first, Holly, and then take the, the horrible taste away. But uh, that is Rate War Plate this week. Okay, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, as I say, a slightly shorter show because we're on our way down to Chelsea and uh, let's hope we'll bring back three points. Until next week, Holly, I will see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.